Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift LR here with Benji for the Vuelta Stage 2. We had the TTT yesterday and I was on a walk just down behind <laughs> Ordino de Ruta del Ferro and I was, I was talking to Mrs. Rouge and I was like, why isn't there more hype for TT time gaps? These are the things I'm always talking about, the cognitive bias or towards if we had seen Rem, uh, Primoz Roglic put 33 seconds on the road into Almeida yesterday on a mountain, we'd be like, holy, huge gaps. But because we don't see them together, like, eh, 30 seconds, eh, big gaps. Anyway, that was my thoughts this morning. But this is a sprint stage, no big GC gaps expected. 176Ks from Sertigenbosch, which is they have the little S climb, which maybe they should have included and made one of these stages of Brabant. Like, why are we in the Brabant region with no with, with no Brabant pale light? Why have we got two sprint stages, Netherlands? Come and explain to because me. Because the Brabant pale is in Belgium and the Brabant Dutch region is this one. So there's a difference between the Dutch Brabant region and the Belgian Brabant region. And no. that's the reason. Not allowed. Same region. It, it is the case. It, is it actually say. connected though? Like, no. They're two There's distinct the places. in between. Yeah. Sort it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a flat sprint. We did have the Alto de Amarongsa, 2.1 Ks, 2.4%, uh, which had the KOM jersey on offer. And there was a flat sprint, 176 Ks. We had a delightful motorway overpass, which blocked the helicopter shot of the last 400 meters. Absolutely delightful uh, planning and visual spectacle for everybody. But we had a breakaway, Benji as expected, with, um, I think, Vandenberg was in it. Dutch rider, unsurprising for EF. Yes, certainly. I think he got second in a Bing Bang Tour stage back in the day in 2018, the one where Mohoric won from the breakaway. Vague memory. I think he won a stage in Tour de Pologne last year as well. Julius Vandenberg on EF education. Easy post. Javier Asparen also in this team. I um, remember this rider from being a decent Spanish TTR. Is that correct? Yes, third at yeah, IDTNCs. He's good. The memories are still all right. I'm happy about that. That's a rider from Oiscaltel Oiscadi. And then we've got Thibaut Gernalek, has been in the Quintana squad, I think, this year in quite a few races. Also, also in the early season, if I recall correctly. Is all right. Exactly. He was actually pretty strong at Bessage, top 10 GC, pretty good rider. And uh, he was in this breakaway. So. That's our third rider. Miquel Po from uh, Equipo Ken Farma. He's uh, a rider. I think uh, he got a podium at a stage in Adriatica Ionica, but I don't know much about him. I won't lie about that. Yet a ball at Burgos BH. He was in that breakaway a few years ago with Madrazo, I think. Both from the same team on a like uphill finish, and then his teammate ended up winning the stage. Is a memory I have of this man. Madrazo. I think it was 2019. Yeah. Um, Madrazo actually not starting this... Vuelta because he got COVID just before the start of this race, if I recall. 
whether a Burgos guy has gotten sick, that is like <laughs> detailed in the weeds. You must be following so many Twitter accounts. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, Madrasa, yeah, maybe he has one of Volta stage. Um, is that, that's the break. Didn't he like get a PlayStation when he won a Volta stage or so back in the day? I don't know. I, I, I've got vague memories about about uh, Madrazo. Anyway. That's the breakaway, but there was some drama before the start because there was a truck blocking the road at like 35 kilometers in uh, because of uh, a protests. In the Tour de France, we had protests for climate change, like to improve the climate and so forth. In this one, we had protests to open up the gas fields in the Netherlands. So a bit of uh, a difference between the two Grand Tours here. I won't comment on that. It was gone by the time the riders reached it. So no issues. The protesters apparently said that they didn't want to block the race. So that's a positive on this end, I guess. And we ended up riding this uh, this breakaway stage with Alperson being the team that is controlling the breakaway. And this is where the storyline starts becoming interesting because Alperson decided, how about we try and catch the breakaway at 100 kilometers to go? I keep telling you, that they, they don't know what... They have no subtlety, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> like they i don't know because it's not like i get it when when there's that 10 kilometers to go 2k six percent climb you want to keep the brake close yeah that isn't here like you will just catch the brake like in uae tour Man. and then have nothing the alto the armorongs is coming my friend don't forget the they do that at 45 kilometers an hour <laughs> i'm pretty sure so yeah like it I don't know why they were pulling. I guess they don't have any proper last men. No Rickard here, no DeBont, I don't think. But yeah, pretty curious. I think Vandenberg did make it over that, took the Kangwim jersey by yeah. a point. Uh, and then Lewis and yeah, Matt. Oh, sorry. The tempo in the peloton like was significant to catch the breakaway, but with 10 seconds between the broker and the peloton, Alperson was like, let, me, let us set up again. So the gap went out to 30 seconds again, and then they started chasing again to keep it at 30 seconds. So. I think they realized when they were at 10 seconds, like, oh, God, we're going to catch them too soon. This was not part of the plan. So uh, anyway, Alperson storylines, Luis Angel Mate, tell me more. Well, he counterattacked, wanting some exposure for Uskatel. I'm not sure if he's retiring. He's a veteran of... He's not actually a Basque rider, I don't think. I think he might be from Andalusia. But he, he's, yeah, long-standing Spanish rider. He's doing something for charity, I think, ah, as well. Okay. But I don't know what specific thing it is, whether it's... Like a most Ks in the break, money per kilometer. That would make sense, right? Would make a lot of sense. And I think Mater is doing the same again, where he's doing it, the amount of riders that he beats Ah, in this Vuelta for the entirety of this year. And I think he's like over 2K already in the amount of money that... Really? Oh, keep it up. Chino, keep it up. And Mate. Anyway... Breakaway is caught again towards the end. We're going towards the final sprint, and then Kovinapool is keeping himself at the front with his team, right? I didn't get it. I've got some thoughts on this, but before we get to that, I mentioned our show partner, Zwift, Zwift Academy. It's back and registration is open for 2022. Whether you're aiming for a pro contract like Jay Vine, who's here in the Vuelta for Alperson de Koenig or Neve Bradbury, or just looking to kickstart your fitness with some structured sessions, Zwift Academy will help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike. There are six workouts to complete, either solo or in group workouts with baseline rides to compare your progress before and after Zwift Academy. Thanks, as always, to Zwift for supporting the show. Quick step out for vinyl. 
Movistar Bahrain, very, very nervous about the road furniture. It was a pretty sketchy running with 15Ks to go. The sprint teams did not have to come to the front, and we barely saw them. The bike exchange, Durbridge train, led train, which I sort of heralded yesterday, was non-existent. Um, and Renko's obviously very nervous, and I... My faith is diminishing every day, actually, every time I see. Because, <laughs> like, Roglic and Jumbo Visma couldn't have been more chilled today. Roglic is like, this ain't the Tour de France. I'm not fighting for position. He's staying at the back. And he. you didn't even see Jumbo Visma. They have the horses to do it. They have Dennis, Turnison, yeah. Afini. If they wanted to, they could have. But they're like, nah, we're not fighting for position in the world to sprint stage. Not doing it. And... Quick step were like super nervous and doing it. I just even Alain Philippe on the front, Benji. It's, it's I don't know. It's hard to call it a waste of energy. No one's done the study to prove whether it is worth fighting at the front. There was a funny moment where I think I don't know who it was in Bahrain, and it was Cavagna on the left hand side. They were shouting at each other for half wheeling, and they're like, "You slow down! No, you slow down!" Because they're in position. <laughs> so GC Lander obviously is alive and well because he put Bahrain to pace. Master's nervous as usual. I don't know. I just think... Like, Petrago. It, who? Petrago? I'm not sure he has... The, does he have the sway in the team to, to put everyone on the front? <laughs> I'm not sure. two point oh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have a problem through the technical section, Benji. My problem is when Philippe is still there and Remco is still there with 1,500 meters to go, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, be serious for a second. Three-kilometer rules happened. Relax. Stop fighting. Yeah, but it's not the only team that was doing that. Ineos was doing something similar in the last three kilometers where they had Carapaz in the first three positions led by Vambala, and they also had a a second rider in between Carapaz and Vambala. I don't know who the second rider was, to be honest. And Plock. they kept him at the front. Was it Plap? Clock. Oh, was it Clock? Okay. He had Plock, special glasses Carapaz, on. Carapaz, Van Baal. Okay. So those two riders were at the front. And I started noticing, well, Ethan Hater's not there. Where's Ethan Hater? Is he going to not sprint today? Is he at the back of the peloton where he usually is? Possibly. So I wasn't seeing Hafer. I didn't have beliefs in him sprinting this stage anymore when I saw those two riders being at the front in this stage of the race. And when it comes to the rest of the teams, you said it, bike exchange limited in the amount of rides that were still there. There was a point where they went to the left side of the road and they tried to put Groves in the right position, but it looked like Carapos, who was left over from the GC rides at 1.5k to go, kind of Groves slotted in the wheel of Carapos instead of moving past Carapos with his lead out. And then Carapaz starts moving backwards and Groves starts fighting with Merlier for the wheel of Ackerman and Groves loses in another position and... Groves lost quite a few positions because of choosing Carapaz's wheel instead of a sprinter. And I think that's something they can work out. I think it's logical that Carapaz at some point in the last 1.5 kilometers will draw back and that Groves will have to find another wheel to sit on. So that's one thing in the final sprint where I'm like, that's something that team can better in this final, is what I'd say. But when it comes to other teams, everybody was fighting each other. Let's be honest about it. I think Merlier was fighting McLean in some corner. I don't know what was happening there, but the positions, the problem is every single sprinter wants to go up with a pilot to the front. And if every single sprinter tries to do that, then they're going to be fighting Not for the sprinters. same wheel. Everyone. 
Lotto Benji, Bulens, like everyone's trying to get to the front. It's a mess. Everyone's fresh. It's been the easiest stage at the start of a Grand Tour. Luckily, there weren't huge crashes. Impey went down with Roger Adria. Um, but I, that, that was the only crash. There wasn't a mass pileup, thank God. And the cliff notes to this is the team at the best lead out won. Um, Brian Mullen launches it. Koch, I think, before him. Then Danny Van Poppel goes a super hard last man lead out. We don't know when Bennett launched. It wasn't like with 100 to go. It was a bit yep. further out. We don't know because of the overpass, which blocks the helicopter shot and the front on camera because of the contrast in sun exposure. You can't actually see them under the overpass either. So that was you know, one kilometre of action and we missed 200 metres of it in the stage. Fantastic. <laughs> and, yeah, Bennett is probably his best sprint of the year because, yep. as I said, it wasn't gift-wrapped, although he got the best lead out by far. Pedersen went from miles out as is customary. Merlier came third. That fighting with McClay, I think, did cost him because he was in Bennett's wheel. Uh, but Bennett was snappy. Like, if Bennett didn't have the legs like in other races, Merlier maybe comes around him. Uh, Turnison finishes fast for fourth but doesn't take bonus seconds, but he does take the red jersey from his teammate, Hersink. Ackerman fifth, uh, Milano, I didn't see. McClay sixth, Einhorn seventh, Stewart eighth, Denkold ninth, Groves tenth, and even a pole fourteenth. Like, what is he doing? Like, that's ahead of Cockart. That's ahead of people trying. Like... Cockhart, he's like trying for a result, maybe. Like, I don't know, maybe he wasn't, but green jersey, it's gone. Relax, relax, it's man. It's three week race, relax. It's well to sprint stage. Come on, don't need to be wasting energy on this. Um, he could have won the stage though if they ridden for him just quietly. But Trek Benji, mm-hmm. the team, the lead out for Pedersen is non-existent just about it's got kirsch but kirsch is like a uh, kirsch is like a setup man edward turns was a really good job at european champs for yak uh no sorry he's belgian not dutch uh for Melier. um (laughs) he's done 62 race days already but they've sent him to polonia wallonie and balwaza but now Pedersen's here at the Vuelta and he doesn't have a last man on Turns level. I believe that Turns would have been a good addition to this team, to be honest. And I think they've got the spots in this team to have that rider extra here. And it might have been the difference between Pedersen losing this and Pedersen winning this. Now, obviously, Van Poppel had a great lead out in this final. Let's not forget that amazing lead out, arguably the best lead out of this entire season. We can argue that Laporte is one of the riders that is the competitor for that spot, but I'd rate Danny Van Poppel a tiny bit above Laporte personally. We've seen Laporte make mistakes that Van Poppel wouldn't Van make Poppel's this better. season. I think so as well. Now, when it comes to Trek, I feel like there was a moment where Kirsch was fighting the quickstep train or something, and I don't know whether that hindered Peterson in this in this final stretch. Ah, uh, well, was a little the bit far train. out. The, was a little even bit further a out. Train. I was Ilan, yeah, Ilan Van, like, yeah, Quickstep really doing that. And this is what I was also thinking about. On a separate walk I did today, I had another thought. I was walking up to Colorado, and I was thinking, have any teams, yeah, I obviously don't know much about cycling history, but like the Jumbo Visma Tour de France win came off the back of gradual improvement, not in the riders necessarily. Some of them improved very fast, but I mean the team's results. 
like the directors are learning, okay, a sixth or fourth in GC with Hairsync a decade ago. And then uh, Christwike third in GC in 2019. And then Roglic is a favorite. And then it didn't work out in 2020. And then Jonas second and Roglic crashing out. And then they get the win. It's like a decade of going to the tour, trying to get the best GC result, being a realistic top five candidate in all those years versus Quick Step, where they don't have, like, when was the last time they topped? 10 to oh, Grand Tour. Am I we're on podium to Giro for Quick Step in 2012. Okay, so a decade ago <laughs> they did. No, and Giro, was that when he was he on Quick Step when he got robbed by the neutralization on Stelvio? That might have been 13. Um, so best part of a decade ago. Uh, I remember Lefebvre was he was threatening to sue people, maybe. I 14. Could be 14. Okay, Donna so not one in 14. But my point is they're going from like complete shift and they're gonna make mistakes. Like it seems Yumbo Visma last year we saw it. Rogic and Kuz are just like we're not we're just not fighting for position in World to Sprint stages. We're just not doing it. Um in the tour you have to. But I, it's interesting. That's my big question mark about Quick Step is do they know how to ride a three week grand tour G C uh, as a team overall? And they're gonna make mistakes. But Mars anything Welter twenty nineteen, they podiumed. Okay, right? so my theory is not holding too much water, <laughs> but he left. Maybe he left because he wasn't happy with how they were riding Grand Tours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, that's that. Anyway, no, but they're still they're still not they're not UAE Yumbo Visma Ineos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where they're doing it every year. Like points semi stands. Anything else from this sprint, Benji? Any any flying finishes like a Philipson in the early Tour de France sprint stages who you think has good legs but bad position today? Honestly, I'd have to like rewatch the final sprint to see what a steward was doing, what a, an Einhorn was doing, but also what happened to Gross that he ended up being 10th instead of being good. Was it the factor that I said earlier that he kicked on to Carapaz's wheel, which was the wrong wheel? Mike Turnison was one that came from far and ended up fourth. And I have not confirmed yet, but. Has he taken the red jersey or has he not taken the red jersey? Pretty sure he has. Okay, then Mike Turnison takes the red jersey based on the fact that he has more points in the points classification. And because of that... Or is it cumulative positions? That might be it, actually. I think it's the cumulative positions. So that's why he has it ahead of Athene, Omen, Roglic, Kuz. There's some time gaps as well on the stage, apparently. Now, we... These happen on sort of first cycling and pro cycling stats. But then if there's a crash in the last three kilometers, they all get given the same time. But for the time being, O'Connor's on 26 and Igita is on 31. Claps on 36. I'm just looking for any GC around 43. Kissing dropped and lost 43 seconds if this is the case as well. And maybe they did that on purpose to give it to a different rider on Yambo the next day. Maybe. But I don't know whether these time gaps will stand. Um, But yeah, there's guys GC adjacent losing time, even Lutschenko. This is very curious. Like Lutschenko, I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah. 
like you can't you can't be losing thirty seconds extra, <clears throat> like Santiago Butrago yeah. if you want a good GC result here. Mm. Um, so that's something to monitor for tomorrow. Whether there'll be even more nervousness. Uh, that sprint stage is one hundred ninety four k's from Breda to Breda though. There's one Cat Four climb. I expect Julius Vandenberg to be back in the breakaway. It's three hundred meters at three point seven percent, and yeah, it's going to be a sprint again. Learnings from today is that I would. I would get on Sam Bennett's wheel would be what I would try and do. I would try and get on Sam Bennett's wheel and Danny Van Popper will probably deliver him in pretty good position and then hope you can come around him. Yep. Uh, that would be a good take. I'd argue the same. I think Marlier got hindered by McLay a corner before the final sprint and as a consequence did not get his full sprint in, spent some energy beforehand. I'm Bennett does put himself back on the list when it comes to, in my opinion, the riders that can win the stage again tomorrow, for example, based on the leadouts of Van Poppel here. And I might have said before today's stage, ah, oh, Bennett will likely not win because he, even if Van Poppel brings him to a good position, he's shown quite a few times this year that he wouldn't make it to the line. But today he did. So while the victory of Bennett would never happen today without Van Poppel, Bennett still finished off the last 100 meters, whatever it was, 120, 150 meters against a Melier upcoming behind his wheel and a Peterson who was, yeah, the guy, like, let's be honest about it. He needs to launch late early because he doesn't have the acceleration to launch late. But if he launches too early, then he also not going to make it. So Peterson's in a difficult position when it comes to his sprint. He, he kind of needs a lead out and puts him in second position like Laporte to Van Aert in the Tour de France. And that way he can sprint from like second position and keep people behind him. I think that's the ideal lead out for a Peterson. So, like, for example, if it turns, would have done that. But anyway, I do want to mention that we're starting tomorrow's stage with a rider less. Steph Cross crashed pretty uh, pretty badly throughout the stage together with Woutpuls, who hit the floor, and another lotto rider that... Malechki, I think, after returning from a, a very long injury recovery, but he's still in the race, fortunately. Steph Cross is not, who's leaving for Total Energy, by the way. Just want to drop that in while we're at it. But, um... Yeah, that's the first abandonment of La Vuelta. Steph Cross is going to Total Energy. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope he hope he does well. I think he would have been going for. I think he came twentieth in GC last year. He'll be. He would have been hoping for maybe twelfth to eighth, maybe eighth of the stretch goal in GC at this Vuelta with the sort of parkour has. So a big shame for him. Um, could have been. Maybe could have got there. Um, but yeah, for tomorrow, I am going with Tim Mollier. I think he gets it right, and if he gets it right, he can win. But Bennett, yeah, Bennett looks fast. So, but I don't know if Bennett can go back to back. Um, I remember the Welter twenty nineteen. Jakobsen beat him the day after Bennett beat Jakobsen on stages three and four. I think it might go back to back, uh, back and forth. So I think Mollier wins tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to stick with Merlier as well because he needs to win in the Netherlands because it's going to be tough after the Netherlands to win stages too much. So I'm going to go with Merlier as well just because then he can have a stage win. Bennett has a stage win. Then we get to the rougher stages. Hater went for the intermediate sprint today. Got one second there. Does that mean he wants to get a red jersey on stage four? All these questions. What's your take? I think Hater can definitely take it on... What stage would it be? Four? 
five might be a little bit difficult, but I think he climbs almost better than he sprints in the bunch right now. I think he's that must be the reason why he's going for it. For Bennett Benji, like Bora lost so much time and that like Bora lost over thirty seconds in that TT. Yeah. And Bennett also lost he got dropped in the TT. So because if if he won tomorrow with twenty seconds, like they'd stayed within fifteen, he could have actually taken the red jersey, but that won't be happening. So we're go- going with Melier has to win in the Netherlands, um, and it will be another sprint stage. So make sure you take a little siesta once you see the break has gone. The break formation has been a lot less uh, stressful in the Tour de France so far. And yeah, that's all from us today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks as Zwift as always, and we'll see you at the recap of tomorrow. Ciao. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.